Hey everybody, Donnie Bovine here. Thank you so much for listening to the episodes. Do me a favor, if you get any value out of these, would you leave me a review? It would mean the world to me. I'm on a massive mission to help as many people as I possibly can get to freedom through building a business. I gotta be honest, building a business is by far the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, and I promise you, my business has worked on me more than I've ever worked on it. I don't think there's a better tool in the world to meet the dude in the mirror than building your own company. You're going to find out what the hell you're made of. In these episodes, I bring on the people that have been through it, gone through it, done it, built monstrous companies, and I get them to coach me on how to actually level up, grow, and scale my business. They're hitting me with some hard questions. They're bringing some amazing advice. And, and I'm telling you, I take notes from every one of these episodes from these people that have actually lived it. They've gone through it and have turned their businesses into amazing empires. So I hope you find a ton of value in this. And I hope that this becomes something you come back to and listen to often. Probably the number one thing that people have come at me for advice on over the years is networking because I truly just network different um, because I think networking is a sales call, right? It's a sales maneuver, right? Everybody else is like, go meet people and, and you know, make introductions. Oh, fuck you. Let's go get business done. And I think that I, I for years have avoided being the networking guy because I've always had the philosophy of Look, anybody who teaches networking is just a broke asshole that doesn't know how to sell, right? Um, it's networking. It's not fucking rocket science. Go meet people, get in good conversations, open doors, tell them what you need, ask for what you need, you know, and, and move forward. Hearing you say that, um, there's a part of me that wonders if I shouldn't try and finally plant my flag there. And... I hate the word disrupt, but disrupt the industry from a sales guy's perspective on how to actually fucking network. You know, you, you take the you take that notion that you've just just, just put out there, which I talk, completely agree with. I love the notion of it, um, and it's this what Chris sort of overlays on that is like it's almost a brand positioning thing. Like you can give, 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 but unless people see you selling something and and see you um, being a business person. When you come to ask for it, they're probably not going to buy it from you because they're like, well, I don't really know anyone that's bought from you. Or like, I've never seen you do this. I don't know this part of you. Man, I can tell you podcasting has been the coolest thing I've ever had in my business. I promise you there's no other greater networking freaking tool on the damn planet. You can just get into so many damn cool conversations with people that you otherwise would not be able to get into those conversations with. And this one's going to be no different. So I'm bringing in my buddy, Mark. He's the CEO of Captivate, man. And I've, we've known each other for a little over a year, maybe a little bit longer. And just been a really, really cool guy to do some things back and forth. So... Mark, I changed up the format a little bit. I bring people in to coach me. So let's head up freaking podcasting, man. Uh, if, if I'm running my show, I'm on my second podcast, fourth season in. Uh, I'm really doing this from a personal brand awareness, hoping that if I'm getting coached live, people are giving me advice. And I'm putting out some solid content uh, that it will be valuable for other people. So what type of things do I need to be looking out for as I'm getting a little bit more long in the tooth with a show and how long it's been running now? 
Yeah, I, I think podcasting, it's like it's in a fascinating place at the minute because um, what's the best way to say it? it's a media now? It's a proper media, you know. It's yeah, and, cause for sure. I was about to say it's an industry, but it's always been an industry. Like when I got into podcasting 10 years ago, um, it was an industry then, but it was made up of people that serviced the industry. So hosting providers, like a little bit of consulting, maybe like a little bit. Um, but now it's an industry that's made up of, 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 of so many, not only service providers, but so many different strands of expertise, different strands of revenue, different strands of growth and attrition and, it's 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 turned into a genuine media which can really annoy a lot of people like it pisses a lot of people off i was on a especially a, the old school guys go ahead man no especially the old school guys well you know, that, that the old school guys yeah but but also like the yeah the old school guys but actually as well like just the independent creators like there are so many people that get really frustrated that you know this famous person's got a podcast and Holy crap! Why has it got more downloads than me? They don't deserve it. Well, of course they do. Like they've they've become famous. Like right. the, that the that payoff is not for the podcast. That's because of the other stuff. And I know it's frustrating, um, but that's just life. And 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 the, the the cool thing with that is that say if um, say if I'm into golf, all right, which I am. I like playing golf. I'm a bit of a golf nerd. Um, and I I go ahead. And I listen to Phil Mickelson or Tiger or Rory or Bryson or anyone on this podcast, all right? I could probably listen to other golf podcasts off the back of that because recommendation engines are getting better. So the indie creators get surfaced, ideally, alongside those bigger podcasts. And that does happen. I do that. I've found shows like that. Um, so it's sort of this weird thing where if they didn't exist, like the people that are pissing us off didn't exist, then we probably actually our industry would go away now. It's not like it was 10 years ago or five years ago, even four years and three years ago. Like it would go away because Spotify would pull out and yes. Acast wouldn't bother. And we would just serve the, 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 the indie creator as opposed to, you know, the, the cool thing, which I know we'll get onto later, but the cool thing we're building something like Captivate is that we serve tens of thousands of independent podcasters. But guess what? We also host the biggest shows in the UK and beyond. We've got the news agents, the UK's biggest news show, tens of millions of downloads constantly. And guess what? Who works on it? It's the same guy and the same team that works on your show, mate. So the, right. the, the, do you know what I mean? It, all that would go away. Um, so yeah, some of the old guards, some of the industry guys, but actually also a lot of it is creators not really understanding that. Like, do we stop making movies? because I can't get my independent film shot on my iPhone, <laughs> iPhone screen at Cannes and I'm not going to win an Oscar for it. Like, do we just stop making famous shit? Um, do you know what I mean? It just, it's a weird yeah, thing, but I get it. It's, it's it, all, it's, it's, but, but I mean, they're not looking at the entire picture. Like you already said, you know, these guys have already put in 15, you know, to 20 years of busting their ass being actors and musicians and, you know, whatever else. Of course, they're going to launch a show and the damn thing's going to go blow up. Now they still have to freaking deliver. They can't come in and just do a shit show and expect people to keep coming back. Their brand recognition is going to get them off the gate, you know, uh, but. I think so many people look at it from a, such a short-sighted perspective of how, why isn't this happening for me now 
when they forget like people and I know everybody goes to Joe Rogan, but the dude's been in the game for 14, 16 freaking years grinding, putting out content and the like, of course he's got a big popular type show. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the time that you, the time that you put in to create quality content is not equal to the time that you put in just creating anything. You know, it's, it's like, it's like having meaningful practice in a sport. You know, there's a difference between just go, again, just use, to use golf as an example. I could go to a driving range or go into a sim and I could bash seven irons all day long. That'd be cool. I could, I, I'm, I could do that. That'd be cool. I could smash wedges 120 yard and they would land within a pretty solid area. And that would feel great. The problem is, unless I go out and I practice off different lies and different thicknesses of rough and I practice different spin types and I practice different uh, types of shot for the, for the wind, for the rain and, 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 you know, ball above and ball below it like, and practice with focus, then I'm not going to get better. And it's the same with podcasting. If I, if I want to succeed as a podcaster, then I have to take it seriously as I would anything else that I want to succeed in. Like if a lot of people come to me and say, oh, why is my podcast not making money? And I say, well, think about it. You know, if you came to me and said, Mark, why is my business not making money? So I do a lot of startup mentoring as well. And if someone says, why is my startup not making money? I said, well, what are you doing then? And I, well, I work, you know, I've, I'm pretty busy with other stuff. You know, I've put like two hours a week into it and just all I want to do is make sure I get something out every week for my startup. I'm like, well, that's, that's not, such a great how, analogy. <laughs> how are you, you going to make money? You know, and it's, and I think also the other thing um, is that a lot of the entrepreneur bullshit out there has sold podcasting as a way to make money. And it mm. is, but so is golf. But guess what? I'm just, I'm fucking not good enough. Do you know what I mean? So that's right. cool. I just play because I like it. And in fact, I was with, and this, so this, this, this will come back to sort of, you know, the, the, the coaching aspect and, and sort of the podcasting industry as it is. Um, I was with someone from a really big company last week. Um, and they got pitched. Uh, what was it? They got pitched, I think, to sponsor an awards ceremony within podcasting, like in India, India Awards, whatever. I can't remember what it was. And they said to me, why the hell would we sponsor this? Because they're not making any money. Why the hell do they even bother podcasting? And I was like, well, this is the mistake that you guys in the big media are making. Is that actually, like, I've got a guitar in the background. That's a Geddy Lee jazz bass, right? I sometimes play it on stage, but I sure as shit ain't getting signed. I just do it because I love it. And it's right. the same. It's the same with podcasting. And this, uh, this is what I think is the problem, right? If I said to you, Donnie, you love music, you say yeah, and I say right, okay, that's cool. What kind of music? And you break it down, and then you say right, okay, do I like stadium rock? Do I like country? Do I like R and B, hip, or whatever? But with podcasting, it's not like that. It's not like video. All right. So again, if we use video, are you into video? Yeah. Well, what video do you make? Movies. Do you make TikToks? Do you make YouTube a bit in between? Do you work for Netflix? What do you do in video? So, but, but the problem is, what do you do? I'm in podcasting, right? And what, what do you do in podcasting? Well, I pod, I'm in podcasting, you know, that's it. I'm just podcasting's podcasting, you know? So the minute, because it's, it's, it's become a media, but it's not become big media, big, big media, it's everything's lumped together. So the indies are very much like, ah, oh, these celebrities coming in and 
doing this, this, and this. Why are they at our show? And it's all for the big boys. It's all for the big brands and stuff. And it's just because we've not yet figured out that actually podcasting's become so much bigger than what it was, but it's not yet found the ability to segment itself out. We're all still thinking podcasting is just one big thing. And it's not anymore. It can't be because, you know, the the the, the money running through from the brands and, you know, even things like the money running through from, from the brands who previously were worried about, you know, direct response campaigns and now are more worried about brand positioning campaigns. So even that's subtly shifted. So, you know, when you map that to like an independent podcaster, why would a brand want brand positioning on your podcast that gets 100 downloads? It isn't, it just doesn't match. And there's nothing yep. wrong with that. That's cool. Your podcast's brilliant. But let's be realistic about what they want so that at least we can find our own types of monetization strategy. So, yeah, it's a big topic, man. I could talk about it for a long time, but it, it's fascinating, really. Well, it, it brings up an, an interesting point. It's like when we started to shift the show, um, and I think I, I have a, a kind of a company history of doing this, is I think we need to go in one direction, right? So I move everything into that direction. And then you learn things along the way. And, you know, like my initial podcast I did is what a lot of entrepreneur podcasts do is you get somebody on, you're just like, okay, let me hear your story. You know, you know, how'd you get here? What are the things you've been through? What have you done? All that crap, right? That all, and I learned through that, that nobody wants to hear your fucking Zoom conversation, right? Um, so it was like, okay, what's then the point? So when we launched Success Champions, it's all right, cool. We're going to focus on small service-based business growth. What are the things that they need to do to actually grow their business? And that started working and we started seeing some, some growth from there, but it still wasn't pushing the envelope. Um, and then I did an episode where the whole conversation, this guy was coaching me and that episode popped and I went, wait, holy shit, there might be something there. And that's, and that's for me, is part of, of tinkering and being interested and to your point, enjoying the game of podcasting to not do why I initially launched a show. When I initially launched a show, it was, oh, this is going to make me money, right? This is going to put my brand on the map. You know, I'm going to be the next, you know, Joe Rogan or whatever. And I think anybody who says otherwise is full of shit, right? I think we all got there somehow. And that was definitely me. And it took me going through these evolutions to realize, okay, dude, there's, there's got to be something more than here than just sitting down and having a mic. You know, do you think most people kind of go through this? process i mean it was for me it was an evolution um is that typical hey donnie bovin here ceo of success champions networking and i just want to jump in really quick and tell you about the network success champion networking isn't for the beginning networker it's for the business people that understand that building a successful relationships is a two-way street requiring commitment from both parties involved stop wasting time networking with people that don't understand how to leverage their network to generate quality referrals for you if you're ready to network with business people that are tired of doing all the heavy lifting and want to build real partnerships that generate high revenue referrals visit one of our chapters today at successchampionnetworking.com and i look forward to seeing you there yeah i think so i think the, i'm just going through it now with my show um which is you know i'm just doing a bit of a listener survey i've got some ideas on what i want to do um and i th i think you know if you were to consider maybe 10 years ago right the entrepreneur business podcast space was just everyone was just doing it it was just, and it was 
it was all right, but it was the same old shit at the end of the day. JLD did yep. his daily thing, yep. and that was fine. That was good. He did fine with that, and he did well, and, and John's John. Um, and, you know, he had a certain element to that. He's, you know, the, 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 the processes and the structure and the resources they had in place to be able to do that, you know, no one else could do. But then that was sold as, like, this thing that you should do. So that should do. became quite disheartening for a lot of people that simply couldn't keep it up. Um, and then you had someone like Pat, again, Pat Flynn, great guy, a lot of respect for him, um, pivoted a lot more into like tech and product, which I, I hugely admire. I think that's a, a very smart move for a content creator. Um, but he started and he was doing the interviews and they're good at them. So what happens is everyone follows suit. And it's like it happened again in 2016 with Serial. You know, Serial came along and suddenly everyone's true crime in it. And again, nothing wrong with that. Um, but you can't expect a mirror the success of that because there's always first mover advantage and then obviously someone will come along and they might they might um do something like startup did and they'll you know they'll change the narrative format a little bit and so it all evolves everything evolves but then when it comes back to us um what what we often do is we'll focus on just getting the thing out you know and it's just wow well, gotta get everything what whatever it is i've just got to get it out you know it doesn't matter whether it's good whether it's bad i've just got to get it out. I've actually had, um, so I've been podcasting for 10 years. The two, uh, sort of businessy podcasts that I had, which are the one now, which is all about podcasting called, uh, the podcast accelerator. Um, I had a break from that for a year starting last March until about this May. And then back in 2016, I did a, I had a business podcast, a startup podcast. Um, and I took a break from that for God, probably 18 months. And both things, both hiatuses, both breaks from the business podcast, I carried on with my, my, my fun podcast, but the business ones, they both came because I realized I was just putting something out and it wasn't mm. good enough. It was, it was, it was like, it was all right content. Most people would have been happy with it, but I, well, to put it into context, my previous podcast was called Excellence Expected, which is after the Steve Jobs quote, not many people are used to uh, working in an environment where excellence is expected. So I expect more from myself. Um, and it wasn't good enough for me. So I stopped them both. And on the back of that, I was able to evolve. I was able to move ahead and do something like you've done with the coaching stuff, you know, just find something that I enjoy that resonates with the listeners. Um, and it's, it's, it's funny because it sounds like it takes a lot of balls to do that. Like it sounds like it's, you know, let's we're going to quit this podcast thing. And then people think, oh shit, my listeners are going to leave. But actually they don't, they stick around. So when I published, when I came back with the accelerator show, the podcast accelerator, dude, the first two episodes that I did were the highest downloaded episodes outside of my trailer that I've ever had. And I didn't really do that much marketing on it. It was people were just like, oh, it's back. This is great. I'm going to download it and I'm going to tell a friend or whatever. Um, so I think there can be a lot that can be learned from almost getting off that cycle. You know, the hamster wheel, that, that whole content hamster wheel of, right, I got to just put something out. And, you know, you think about like a TV show, um, you know, to, to let's let's go Star Wars on it. You know, in fact, The Mandalorian is a is a limited series. So is Obi Wan and whatever else. They're not weeklies because the quality would not be able to be sustained. Like 
sure, there are weekly shows out there, but are they like six million pound budget per episodes? You know? And right. that's the difference right. is that you have to accept, like, where do you want to sit in this, in this kind of, in, uh, you know, in the, if you run the whole gamut of podcasting, where are you? Are you a weekly show that puts interviews out? That's cool. But does that stand out as much as Business Wars from Wondery, which is really highly produced, really well thought out, really well researched, well acted, you know, where do you sit and what are the expectations associated with that? Because if you are doing Business Wars, there's a team of people, you put what? 200 hours in per season, at least I would have thought you want pain for that. Whereas if you do an hour a week doing an interview, like how, how much really should you get paid for that? So it's, I think it's expectations, man. I think there's a lot of gaps in that. Well, and it's an interesting play, right? You know, Guy Raz came out with how I built this. <clears throat> and of course, how I built this blew up. And then the next thing you know, everybody's you know following his format and now trying to do the guy raz freaking interview um then you go business wars is another great example um everybody's like okay we're gonna try and do that and i think there's a a level of how much energy and effort people want to put into these things and you know i'm like a lot of people i'm running three companies you know we have a huge summit fixing to come up you know there's a lot of additional things and I think we have four people on the podcast team that are doing nothing but the freaking podcast. And so it's, you either going to have to throw a lot more money at it to, to put a production crew together, right. Or you're going to have to put, you know, some more energy and effort at, but I think where I struggle sometimes in particular is what's that next level of uniqueness that, that sends me apart. And I listen to guys like Shran uh, Srivatsa, who's got business school. Then you got Alex from Mosey, who's doing his thing. And those guys are a hundred percent solo episodes and right. And I could do solo episodes and I could probably come up with enough content, but I also enjoy the networking side of podcasting. So it's like, where is that tweak of getting into the cool conversations? Let people coach me, let's get the networking happening, putting out original thoughts. So we're now testing me releasing solo episodes in between, you know, the regular episodes uh, and the like. And um, you said you're doing like listener surveys and in, in the likes. One, I'm really curious how you pulled that off. Uh, and, and two, what was it you were actually surveying for? Yeah, good question. So it's dead easy to pull off. I just, it's just a Google form and then I just okay. promote it and, and stick it in the episode. Um, I'll probably insert it. Um, so we captivate, you can, inter as you know, you can dynamically insert like Freaking a pre-roll acro across Amy your back catalog, is which is mint. So I'm, I'll probably do that as well, mate. I'll probably just stick a little promo and just saying, hey, you know, if you listen, if you, it's, it's very, very handy. I'll just say something like, you know, if you can, if you're listening to the back catalog, go and do this survey. But um, so it's dead easy to pull off. Um, the, the, the thing that I'm asking, well, I've got some open-ended questions. That's the key thing, right? If you're doing a survey of any sort, a lot of people really screw this up. Because they want, uh, they want to reinforce their bias sometimes, which you can't do. You know, it's easy to put a yes right. no question and then like write a leading question to it, and that's shit. Because you think you're great and then you get it wrong. Um, so, so for me, it's very much about like open ended questions. I've just, I think I've got something like, how would you, how would you rate your industry knowledge? And what I mean by that is not like you as a podcaster or your skills as a podcaster or as like an editor, like your technical skills or your skills as a creator, but like your knowledge of the podcast industry. 
Um, so it's a great example of that. Uh, you know, I could go to Podfest and I could ask, uh, I could ask Deshaun. I could say, what do you think about the HSBC brand partnership with the news agents? And if he goes, yeah, this is cool. I've seen it. It sounds great. Then I know he's got some industry knowledge and that's, that's great. If he says, what the hell are you talking about? I said, right, okay, there's a job there. I can help with that. You know what I mean? I can, I can bridge the gap between this type of the media and this part of the media. Um, so that's the key thing, an open-ended question. And one of them is, um, like, do you feel included in the industry? And it's funny, this one, because you get a lot of people like, oh, fucking hell, inclusion, why do we have to beat on about inclusion? And it's not about, <laughs> the question's not about inclusion. It's like, if that, it's, it's interesting, because if that's the interpretation, that's cool, but like, don't have a whine about it. It's more, do you feel like there are different levels to podcasting? So as an example of this, you know, I, I will, my day tomorrow is I've got, uh, my first meeting is with that, the, the upper echelons at global. Um, so huge, huge media company, um, tens and tens and tens and tens of millions of downloads per month that, that we run through captivate and that's you know i report to the board of, of, of global um and then my next meeting is like with a podcaster that wants to start a podcast like that's that's right. the whole you know it's the gamut <laughs> um so the, the 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 reason for that question is like should i be doing more to connect the dots for those people you know if if if, if i interview james cridland about if youtube is good or bad for podcasting who does that help? Is it the creator or is it the big media or is it everyone? And, and should I be helping with, to, like I said, to connect everyone together? So the survey is really to figure out, you know, how do people really feel about the industry? And a lot of people do feel like they're not included. Um, and what's interesting is a lot of people feel like they're included, but only in certain little communities. Um, you know, the, a great example of this again is my good friend, Chris at Podfest, you know, Chris Komitsos. He has got an amazing community, but do they does the general average person and podcaster within that community um, know what it means if I say we only sell spot? Probably not. You know, right. they probably just don't know what that terminology means. And that's cool. That's fine. They're not expected to know. But the point is we're all in the industry together. Um, so sort of back to your point, you know, regarding that, how do you find that uniqueness? I think one of the big things for me, and I think one thing that you always, you know, you always do well anyway is just, like your your angle on things. I had Dave Jackson on my show the other day. Um, mm. Like Dave's school of podcasting, like I've been doing this 10 years. He's, he's you know, 10 years to Dave's like he's forgot shit that I've, that I've yet to learn. You know what I mean? Because he's been doing right. it much, much longer. And um, he just said, the reason I listen to your show, to my show, is is you always have, like with the AI thing in podcasting, you always have like a different example. Everyone else is going, yeah, 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 this is great. And then he goes, I listen to your show and you're like, what the fuck, this is shit. And, and it's not to be contrarian, it's just different thinking. And so I think that's, that's a huge thing that a lot of people don't do. Even um, like the so-called entrepreneurs online, you see them all the time, like they're really just content creators. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but don't say you're an entrepreneur if you're a content creator. Like you're not an entrepreneur, you just, you're, that's cool. Like Richard Branson's a freaking entrepreneur you know, right. and, and, and Jeff Bezos is an entrepreneur. Like, it's cool that I'm just a small business owner that runs a small business. Like, I don't want to be an entrepreneur, all right? So 100%. I think when you start to strip some of these layers away, but then own some sort of um, angle and perspective, that's one thing that a lot of podcasters are scared to do 
his own a narrative, own a perspective, own an approach to something because they're scared of annoying people and alienating them. And what they do is they try and wrap their arms around every piece of audience. But what they do is they acquire no audience because they're too general and they're a little bit too vanilla and they don't have anything that people can relate to. Um, so I think I certainly think there's an op opportunity for for strongly voiced people um, to 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 let more of that voice out, if that makes sense. I think there's a huge opportunity for that now because you no one wants to piss anyone off, right? And that's intentionally sort of silly. Like, what's the point in that? You're gonna piss someone off anyway by just being <laughs> too ambivalent. So you'd sort of may as well at least own something, you know, and, and have an opinion on something and, and stand by the way that you think and the way that you deliver your thoughts. Because I think it's that that stands out. Like, don't just report the news. You know, report the news with your own context and your own background and your own thinking, you know, just as an example. So, yeah, I think that's the thing, the thing a lot of people don't do is they don't own the voice, if that makes any sense. To your last point, the, the, the biggest thing that I think people don't have the ability to do or they're not self-aware enough is they don't actually think about what they think about, right? They don't actually stand for anything because, as you said, they've been so vanilla. And I got to be 100% honest. I struggle with this some points of trying to think about what is my soapbox? And not, not because I do know that controversy plays out and I don't want to ever come from the perspective I'm doing it to pick a fight. I want to pick a belief, right? And, and go after that. And things like networking, a lot of times sales, I'm very opinionated about how things should be done. And I unintentionally do in those arenas, pick a fight on those particular topics the so I, I i go back and forth do i go more talk about sales and networking or do i talk about business growth you know and the struggles i'm having there and the likes it's like where do you plant your flag and say okay this is where i'm gonna go because there's mm -hmm. you know a buddy of mine tony watley he does this so damn well about being able to articulate his position in the marketplace and he's got uh um uh, something 365 is the name of his podcast and show is really really good um but he's really good at planting his feet and not being so over top as like an andy frazella but being able to articulate a point that will make you rethink sometimes how you were thinking about something or sometimes i just look at tony i'm like tony you're off the fucking rails today you know um but finding that particular position and being able to articulate, it's not always the easiest thing to do. No, it's not. And I think what's interesting as well about finding, not necessarily the soapbox, but the thing to hone in on, is that a lot of people look, um, what's the best way to articulate this? A lot of people look for the answer in the wrong order to that. So what I mean by that is, you know, you've got marketing and sales, but that's one thing I could focus on. And then you've got sort of business growth and business generally, you know, over here. What a lot of people do is that they look or they think to themselves, well, what have I already got traction in and what have I seen traction in? And, and, and they, they, they're perpetually confused and perpetually can't decide because actually they've not seen traction in either that stands out above the crowd. And the reason for that is because they haven't yet focused on the thing because, so that then they've not got 
the feedback from that thing, you know? It's like, mm. if I, again, let's use the golf analogy, right? I'm shit with my driver, I'm shit with my seven iron, I'm shit with my wedge, all right? What do I do? Well, if I just go, right, I've got, I've got 100 balls, I'm going to go 35 driver, 35 wedge, 35 seven iron, nothing's going to get better. So then I think, well, what should I focus on? Well, I'll, I'll just go and feel good about hitting the thing. So I've not got the feedback that something is getting better. Whereas if I go and say, right, I've got 100 balls, I'm going to go five times a week. I'm just going to do 500 balls on a seven iron. After 500 balls, the seven iron is going to be a hell of a lot better. And so you get the feedback that that thing is working. And so you can, you know, th that then transplants through and the changes that you've made will, 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 will um, move through the back then. So if you then, if, you know, if we come back to the business thing, unless you've done a year, like with me, I, unless I did a year or two years of being the podcast guy, I don't know if I'm any good at it. You know, I, I, I don't know if I was like the startup guy and the podcast guy, and then I was the, um, the business guy and the tech guy, it, pe people wouldn't know what I did. But also, I don't have enough feedback to say, well, my voice, my personality, my style, not only matches the topic, but also matches the um, opportunity within the industry. So again, to sort of take that a bit further, when I got into podcasting, um, I'm pretty outspoken. Like I swear a lot. I, I have a laugh. I have banter. I will, I will wind your ass up. You know, if, 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 if you're a grumpy old podcast guy from another hosting company and I just meet you, I'm going to pull your leg. That's it. That's, that's a sign, actually a sign <laughs> of respect from me. Um, right. You know, I, I, I say it all the time, I will, I will pull your leg if I respect you. If I don't, I just fucking ignore you. So that's right. the thing. And, and it's, so when I got into podcasting, everyone was like, okay, this host, I am from, I am great. The others are crap. And then the other hosts were doing the same thing. It was like, I'm building all, they're building all these different towers and they can't possibly talk to each other or collaborate or even possibly be friends. And then I came in, I'm like, I'm not going to bad mouth anyone because I think that's stupid. I don't think there's any reason to do that. I'm just going to be friends with you. I'm going to be friends with you and you cannot fucking help it. I will be your friend. And, but at the same time, if you say something stupid, I'm going to tell you it's stupid. And then if we talk about it on a stage, I'm going to tell everyone listening on the stage that it's stupid as well. And here's why. And we can have differences of opinion, but that doesn't mean that I hate you. All right. And there was no one in podcasting either doing that or talking about the business elements of podcasting. So I came from like a startup agency, uh, building digital tech background. And then I get into podcasting and people are like, why is my podcast not growing? I'm like, well, taking the same principles as if I was growing a startup or a tech company. These are the things you got to do. And no one was doing that. So these two things, I, I, it, I hadn't found my voice, but I'd found, it, I'd found what I want to say back in the day. No one else was doing this. So I doubled down on it. And as the 10 years have progressed, like I'm far more flippant now. I'm far more like, look at me, I'm an angry, you know, I'm pissed off with the world because I'm like 42. <laughs> like this is what we must do. You and, become the old codger, like, you know, that, that people are yelling at. Yeah, you become the guy <laughs> that, 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 that I, was, I was deriding. Um, and so the, 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 the point is that, you know, I, I matched topic with tone, but with opportunity, I could have done the exact same stuff in startup land. And I still, you know, I still got a little bit of a foot in like startup mentoring and accelerators and all that, not by any stretch as much as I used to, because everyone was doing that. You know, there was always some, you know, 
fully tanned tattooed twat doing mentoring who was like you know owner of a design agency and there was like fifty thousand of them queuing up to do it and it was all the same it was so i was like how am i going to stand out in that crowd i can't how can i make a name for myself i can't it's going to be much much harder wait a second i love podcasting i'll just take the same stuff and I'll, i'll apply it there and no one was doing it so i think when you're thinking about what to double down on you can't do it without the feedback so you, what I mean is, like I said, you can unless you do something for a year or six months or whatever you know, whatever is enough to give you data. You 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 don't know. And then the second thing is like, where do you? Where's the opportunity? Where's where's the gap? And it might be that so, there isn't one, and you just got to you got to create one. Yeah, you know, what's fascinating about that is probably the number one thing that people have come at me for advice on over the years is networking because I truly just network different um, because I think networking is a sales call, right? It's a sales maneuver, right? Everybody else is like, go meet people and, and, you know, make introductions. Oh, fuck you. Let's go get business done. And I think that I, I for years have avoided being the networking guy because I've always had the philosophy of, Look, anybody who teaches networking is just a broke asshole that doesn't know how to sell, right? Um, it's networking. It's not fucking rocket science. Go meet people, get in good conversations, open doors, tell them what you need, ask for what you need, you know, and and move forward. Hearing you say that, um, there's a part of me that wonders if I shouldn't try and finally plant my flag there. And I hate the word disrupt, but disrupt the industry from a sales guy's perspective on how to actually fucking network. I think the interesting thing there is it's like, you know, it's not how to network. It's how to profit from networking. That's the subtle shift. Chip. Yeah, no, I like that. And it's, it's, it's such a big thing that it's cause it's, it's like, I hate networking. I'm like ADHD brain. I've got like, like I don't even know. I'm, still say you're talking to you mate i've got no like i'm fiddling with stuff you know that's what i do i fiddle <laughs> i look all over because my brain that's how i my... doodle yeah exactly anything like that i used to get hammered at school for it teachers you got to concentrate I'm like fuck you i am this is how i do it um yes like screw you 80s um so it was <laughs> it was like a a weird thing for me to, to do that so when i got into networking and, and had to network i'd like I sort of didn't realize that I had a technique for it. So I'm pretty introverted as well, which is stupid. Like I'm in bands. I've been in bands. I will, I will play on stage. I will sing on stage. I will speak on stage in front of thousands of people. I will podcast all day long. I'll go on video, but I am introverted, right? So what that means is that ADHD and introversion, what that means is that I go to an event and the last thing I want to do is network because it takes it out of me. It tires me out. And then I'm desperate to get back to my hotel just to chill out and re- recharge a little bit. So what this manifested itself like was um, someone told me this, my good friend, Jonathan Oakes, one podfest or podcast movement actually said, I've watched you. I've noticed what you're doing. I'd been doing it for years at this point. I just didn't know I was doing it. Um, he said, what you do is you get, you know, everyone. And what you do is you'll say hello to everyone and you get chatting to them for a few minutes, but I can see that your willpower and your, your willingness and your ability to engage that conversation without your brain flying off is dwindling so what you do is because you know people you'll say oh by the way donnie have you met kieran Hmm. and then i'll have a couple of minutes with you guys and i'll be like right i'm gonna go do this thing and i do the same 50 times 
And so I can, what then happened is that I end up with this group of people and then another group of people, and then I bring them together. And I, that's just how I know everyone. And it came to, it didn't, well, not necessarily came to a head, but it stood out to me a couple of years after he'd said that. I was like, yeah, maybe I do that. I don't know. Um, and I went to social media marketing world in, in San Diego and I was like, oh, maybe we should just go for dinner. Sam, my wife was with me and I was like, maybe we should just get like a few people for dinner and stuff. So I fucking texted him around and, uh, like 130 people turned up for dinner. It was a shit show <laughs> getting in. We got into an Italian restaurant on fifth, which I'm grateful for, but, and they were like, uh, we've got room. Yes. Come in. We were having a quiet Tuesday. Um, so, and it was that really kind of visualized it for me. But the thing I'm terrible at is like, have I profited from those relationships? Yes, but only because they're relationships and it's been such a long tail thing. You know, it's, it's, mm. I've profited because when I launched Captivate, we like, we were profitable from like minute one when we turned it on because everyone was like, oh, that's Mark's thing. And because there were that many people saying that's Mark's thing, I just knew that many people. And that's so people used it. Um, so I like, I would have no idea how to genuinely nurture networking and connections to turn them into actual business. I just, I wouldn't, I would honestly not need or want to do that because my brain wouldn't do it. But there are people that don't have the network that I have that need that to get their business moving. Like I was fortunate because yeah. I knew a lot of people. Um, God, so yeah. What puts me in a position to go, what if you could turn that network into revenue? Like right now. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because I think from just thinking that through, like I think I, I think I did, but it took a long time. Like you know, we built Captivate, we sold Captivate. Like that's, you know, that's the network being made into money. But it took. Could I have done it quicker? Hell yeah, if I'd have known what to do. And I just don't like. I, I was never really getting work from people. And uh, I suppose a better version of this is like when I ran an agency. So software, software. You either want it or you don't. That's cool. Um, right. But the, the, when I used to work in an agency and used to own a design and digital agency, we'd build software for other people. And, um, you know, I'd have to meet these people, nurture the relationships, go out and pitch when they wanted a, a request for a, a quotation, whatever. I'd have to go and be the sales guy. I was terrible at it, mate. Because that's just not me. I'm like the chatter. Um, had I had that network and you'd have said, how do you turn that into money now? I'd be like, I have absolutely no idea. Like, just help me with that because I don't have a clue how to do that. So I think when it's like a service base where the 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 the, the the lead gen takes such a long time. That's where I'd personally struggle. Well, one philosophy I want you to, to, to just flip the script on, and because I can't help but tell you this, is there's this idea that I have to give, 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 and just keep on fucking giving, right, when it comes to networking. It's fucking wrong. The whole idea of giver's gain is wrong. Let me explain. It's not give, 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 give. It's give, 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 take. And give again. What happens is that people fucking forget to take. And if you don't take, you're going to be taken advantage of. Right? Now, there is the long play. Like you saw the long play results of giving over time and bringing real value in those gives. But earlier on, if you would have made an ask, you would have profited a hell of a lot earlier. But people don't like the ask because they that's the part that makes them feel like a salesperson. And yeah. what people don't understand is if you give, 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 get something back, and then you turn around, you give again as kind of a thank you through that process, you're still doing the same philosophy without being taken advantage of. 
So yeah, I love that man. Interesting. It, it, it um that leads me to sorry to uh, interject there, mate. It leads me to something that um I think who was it now? It might have been Chris. Uh Chris uh Ducker out at an event, again like social media marketing or something, just over a beer. Um and he, he, he one of his philosophies you you've always got to be seen to be selling. So like yeah. You know, you, you take the you take that notion that you've just 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 put out there, which I talk, completely agree with. I love the notion of it, um, and it's this what Chris sort of overlays on that is like it's almost a brand positioning thing. Like you can give, 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 but unless people see you selling something and and see you um, being a business person, when you come to ask for it, they're probably not going to buy it from you because they're like, well, I don't really know anyone that's bought from you, or like I can, I've never seen you do this. I, I don't know this part of you. Um, so it's, yeah, there's a lot to that. And I, I think it's, um, it's sort of battered into us in business books, isn't it? You know, value, 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 value. And I still get it to this day. You know, you, you still see the same kind of vernacular. Um, you know, I get it all the time. Let me know. I can help you. Let me know. I can help you. And I'm like, that's beautiful. I love yeah. that. But I've seen it for 15 years now. I know exactly what's going on. Like this is a tactic and it's cool, but let's, Let's just be people. Let's just go get a frigging beer, you know? And I think that's yeah, I, actually... I, I had a... Go on, shoot, man. No, I had a friend of mine who gave me just the coolest advice. He said, if you're ever around a billionaire, never talk business until they do. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Right? Yeah, I get yeah. that. It's um, one of the biggest things that served me is 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 that let's just go and have a beer. So that, you know, the the, the, the it's easy. I've it's the best way to say this. I know a couple of guys that are, are very, very, very rich. You know, very, very rich through work. And I, I, one of my, in my younger years, one of the things that I thought was a problem, but actually as I've got older, I think it's actually, I really like it. Because I don't really give a shit who you are. Like, I've always treated everyone the same. And it, like, right. and people have called me out on it before. Like I say, the caretaker at, 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 at the office gets the same attention as like the CEO and the owner. And, I get that. I've always been very down to earth and very much like, let's just get a beer. Like, do you want to get a beer? Like, let's just blow this off and get a beer. And it doesn't matter who it is. Um, and it's, I think a lot of people get put on pedestals by people who want to feel like they've got like a halo effect. I see this in the entrepreneurial community, right? So here's a good example. Um, there used to be a lot of people at places like Podcast Movement who were like entrepreneur podcasters and they were, you know, right, okay, there's a party happening. It's the big party. It's going to be a right laugh. Are you coming? Bear in mind, there's a lot of people here who buy your shit. Are you coming? No, 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 I can't. I've got to go to an exclusive dinner with high net worth entrepreneurs. And you're like, what the fuck? You're not high net worth, mate. Are you joking me? You're, like, you're an affiliate right. marketer, like get in the sea. But what they do is, they ride the crest of that for a year or two. And then everyone gets wise to it. So then their brand changes. And they're just the person that sells stuff and doesn't really care about the people. It's just a turnover thing. And the brand gets damaged. And then suddenly, you know, the decline that they never thought would happen starts to happen. Um, and, I, dude, I saw this so often. And I still do. It's really sad. And, you know, I... I, I you know, this is going to sound crass and I don't mean it to. Like, I've sold a tech business. Like... I'm all right. I can buy a beer, but I never go to those events. I'm always like, I will be at the karaoke. I will be at the mini golf. I will be there doing that because it's, 
it do, like I said, it doesn't matter who you are. It's the it's the character that will strengthen the relationship. You know, you and I will get a beer. We'll see each other. We'll get a beer and we'll right. talk about all right. sorts of shit. You ride my ass for Star Wars, having a Star Wars show. I'll ride your ass <laughs> about something else. You know, it's the and right. that. And, but then, it, but look at this: is what we do. We do work together. So it's long term. You've got to build the long term through that. And not enough people do that because they want instant results. Because that's what we're told in books. Dude, I, I freaking learned that the hard way with my own clients. Um, we were doing really, really, really well in this upward climb with, with all of our clientele. And I was finding myself in some cooler rooms, some cooler conversations and the like. And all of a sudden I turned around and my client base started to win the exact story. And I went, fuck, what the hell happened? And so I put out a uh, like an anonymous form that said, hey, we want some feedback to know what's going on. And they came with some real feedback and I went, shit. So I had to totally revamp and go back and get back amongst my people. I know that sounds fucking hoity-toity or whatever, but I had no, to go, I get, go get back against my people and, and re-engage. And it was a humbling moment because there was a part of me who's like, ooh, I'm actually starting to become somebody. Mm. Um, and, then, and then you get freaking smacked really hard. You're like, oh, shit. Um, and a, a, a new friend of mine, Chris Dadian, said it this way. He goes, you got to be the guy that's willing to just shut up and learn no matter what fucking room you're in. And for me, I'm always the guy that wants to teach. So to try and turn off that teach is a real bitch. Um, but it's it's sage damn advice. It is, man. Um, and I, there's certainly something in that. And, and having the ability to not... I think... The ability to not put people on pedestals is really important. I think we do that very often. Um, you know, I I see a lot of celebrities. I, you know, I'll go to work, and we, I work for a huge media company that runs all pretty much all of the 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 the, the radio stations and, and and outdoor events that you know in the UK. The office is Leicester Square. It's on Leicester freaking Square. There is no more touristy celebrity spot than Leicester Square in London. The office is there. All the radio stations are. I see a lot of celebrities, and if you know, I'm just like, all right. You know, how's your day? You know, and because it, it makes no difference. Like they're still, you know, they're still probably hungover, or they're still pissed off about something, or they've, you know, stubbed their toe, or the kid's being a dick, or whatever. You know, there's there's something that's happened, right? And they're all normal people, and I think they, a lot of people just don't get that, especially in business, because we see people online, we see these celebrity entrepreneur podcasters, um. And let me tell you, man, I've been around a lot of them and most of it's bollocks. You know, I know a lot of people that were like selling meditation devices and selling vitamins and, you know, selling these seven minute workouts on a morning. And let me tell you, I've been with them for extended periods of time. and They ain't doing any of that shit. They're just right, saying right, they do. Right. And so like, how does that translate to the rest of what they do? So I, yeah, it's, you just, get rid of the pedestals and life changes, man. Yeah, 100% agree with that. I mean, um, I, I, at my last summit, um, you know, I talk all the time that I get up and I walk my farm at four o'clock in the morning um, every morning. And one of my speakers thought I was full of shit. So at the summit, you know, four o'clock in the morning, I'd actually forgot my workout shoes. And so I'm in pajama bottoms, a T-shirt and the socks walking a treadmill. And he walked by and came in the gym and goes, no fucking way. He goes, I really did not think you would be here. I goes, I thought you were full of shit. And I said, down, don't get me wrong. I drank too much last night, but I'm still fucking here. You know, um, yeah, it, it, it's huge because 
that's what I think people don't understand is if you say something out there out loud to people to see, they're watching, you know, uh, mm. to see if you're full of shit or not. Oh, you know? they are. And I, I think it's also like not buying. Actually, I'll flip that around. I think it's understanding it's all right to be normal, right? My morning routine. Yes. And this has been this way forever, right? Again, I don't want to sound crass, but I've done all right. You know, built a tech business, sold a tech business, got other businesses that do well. Like I'm 41, 42. It's, I'm, I'm doing okay in business. And my morning routine is like, get up. Think, Jesus Christ, why the fuck have I got up? Get a cup of tea. Sit down like a zombie for like an hour. And then just think to myself, right, better get a shower, get some work done. Like that's that was my morning routine. Now it's get dragged out of bed by the kiddo who's 18 months old, play with her for a little bit, make her a breakfast, have a cup of tea, chill out, get showered, think, right, it's time to do some work at like 8 a.m. Like, I don't there's no journaling, there's no meditating. There's, right. you know, do I do exercise in the morning? Yeah, I do like I have three PT sessions a week at 8 15. But you better believe that the only reason that I do those is because it's next to where my kid goes to daycare. Like, and I drop her off at eight o'clock. Like, it's the only reason. Um, and it's, That's I why think I it's, think Smartless is one of the best podcasts in the marketplace right now. Yeah, that's a good point. Because it's the first time we can see the celebrities as fucking human beings. And you get to hear their fucked up stories. Like, I heard the, uh, and I forget the name of the guy they freaking interviewed. He was the, the right hand of uh, uh, Conan O'Brien. Um, oh but yeah, freaking! They started the episode off. Sean brings out his mom's real glass eye, like she had passed away, and he brings a fucking glass eye on stage. You know, love um, it. So, well, brother, we could freaking do this all day long and keep going back and forth. We're gonna have to do this again because this is fun. So, um, you know, guys, this is unpaid for, unsolicited whatsoever, but. But Captivate is my host. I fucking love these guys. They are constantly innovating. They're almost innovating faster than I can keep up, but they are throwing a lot of shit at us. But uh, it's it's always cool to hang out with you, dude. Uh, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, reach out to you, find you? What's the latest coming up for you? Yeah, thank you, man. Always a pleasure. Uh, we'll definitely do this again. It's like a regular thing. Um, I'm, I'm in. Count me in. Um, <laughs> easiest way, probably two things actually on Twitter at Mr. Asquith over on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling it these days. And, and you fucking uh, reply too, because that's how you and I originally hooked up. I mean, you're, you're actually active on Twitter. That's how we yeah, it's, it's literally the only thing that I'm on, like actively, um, like LinkedIn. Fuck that, you know, what a nightmare that place is. <laughs> so I uh, just on Twitter, yeah, at Mr. Asquith. And then the other one is, um, if you are into the industry of podcasting and, and, and sort of that side of things, just the, the podcast accelerator, which is at mark.live. So that's mark.live, the domain name. And uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it again, man. Always a pleasure. When I created Success Champions, it was on the idea that most people make themselves an island as they're growing their business. Yet they just don't want people to know how bad things are because if anybody knew how bad things are, nobody would do business with you. So like me, they don't often reach out for advice. They don't get support. They just try and put their head down and grind through it. And let's be honest, man, that, that lifestyle sucks. And when you're constantly trying to find yourself to push through it and figure it out on your own, it often leads to misery. We created Success Champions 
so you don't make yourself an island, so you don't build your business alone. There are a ton of people that are going through it on the same journey that are looking for the same advice you are. Maybe they've been through it and are looking to help. So come hang out with Success Champions. Go to successchampionnetworking.com. Go visit one of our peer groups and let's help you actually get to business freedom. Don't build your business alone. Come hang with us as Success Champions.